You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farah of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Psalms. Remember your word to your servant, for it has given me hope. I would venture to say that the Lord has spoken a word to you, has given you a word. Never give up. Never lose hope. He's given you His Word, and He will keep His Word. Have hope. The Word of the Lord gives you hope. When storms of life come, remember that He is victorious. He is the all-powerful and almighty God who is capable of calming storms with a single breath. In today's message, Pastor J.D. encourages you to never give up and never lose hope. The Lord has given you promises to keep His Word. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Psalms chapter 119 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. You know, there are those whom God calls into the mission field. But never think for a second that God doesn't put the desire on their heart before He calls them to a place like that. So I was fully ready to do whatever it was that the Lord would have me to do. And you have to understand in the Arab culture, in my culture, uh, the son, a, a, a firstborn son is everything. They carry on the family name. In fact, in the Middle Eastern culture to this day, they address you by the name of your firstborn son. If you don't have sons, it's actually seen as a curse from God. A barren wife to a husband is seen as being cursed of God. If, if you can't have children, and so, and don't, don't think for a second that uh, the enemy didn't try to uh, destroy us with that. We had well-meaning Christians. I mean, and church was hard for us not being able to have children. Well-meaning Christians would come up to us and say things to us like, there must be some sin in your life, and that's why God's not blessing you with children. And here's our friends, and I mean, it's like they just, they had five, six children, the husband would walk by his wife, she would get pregnant, sneeze on her, and she would get pregnant. I'm like, really? But the enemy was right there. Just condemnation. You know, God's angry with you. God's punishing you. I even had one guy not only tell me there's sin in your life, it was a childhood friend who pointed out the, the exact sin that I had committed when I was, you know, before I was even saved. I said, that's why. You know, God's punishing you for that. And I'm thinking, wow. You know, I mean, so God's mad at me. God's angry with me. I did have some good counsel throughout those years, very hard years. And uh, one guy said, hey, you know, you're in pretty good company. Many uh man and a woman in the Bible uh, were unable to have children. 
And I'm going somewhere with this. In particular, a guy by the name of Abraham. Remember him? So here's what happened. June 1st, 1997, we realized, okay, we're not going to have this girl. So I went to the Lord, and I went to the Word for comfort, for guidance, for wisdom, for understanding. And the Lord very specifically gave me a Word. It wasn't audible. It was being in the Word. And you know how it is when God just makes His Word come alive very personally for you. It's a word that He's giving to you, very specifically a promise. He's giving you His word. I give you my word, JD. That's what it was like. And it was very strong. It was unmistakable. And the word came by way of Genesis with Abraham and Sarah. So I was reading where the angel of the Lord, which was really a Christophany, a pre-Bethlehem appearance of Jesus Christ, comes to Abraham and says to Abraham, you're going to have a son one year from the day, from today. One year from today, you're going to have a son. And Abraham believed God. It wasn't the first time even though, get this, he was a hundred years old. And keep in mind, Sarah had already convinced him to bear a child with Hagar, the Egyptian maidservant that they took from Egypt when they left Egypt. And of course, you know <laughs> the rest of that story. It's still playing out in the Middle East today by way of the descendants of Ishmael. So he says to Abraham, one year from the day today, you're going to have a son. Now Abraham, in all fairness, did have a couple of questions like, um, have you seen Sarah lately? She's 90 years old. I'm just saying, She's 90 years old. And the angel of the Lord says to Abraham, I want you to go and I want you to tell your wife. Uh, and uh, of course she heard this and laughed. And then they say to Abraham, why does she laugh? I'm 100, she's 90, well beyond childbearing age. And you're telling me that I'm going to have a biological son one year from today. Yes. And in fact, they named him literally in Hebrew, laughter. Isaac in Hebrew is pronounced Yitzhak. It's the same word in my native tongue of Arabic. We say Yitzhak. If I say to you in Arabic, Ana yitzhak ma'akum, I'm laughing with you. It literally means laughing or laughter. So every time you say Isaac, you're saying laughter. It is laughable. This, there's no way. This is impossible. No, not for the Lord. So that was the word. The Lord gave me a specific word that one, like Abraham, 
One year from today, June 1st, 1997, I'm going to give you a son one year from the day. And you need to go tell your wife. And like Sarah, she's going to laugh thinking, you've lost it. (laughs) So that's exactly what happened. I went in and I told my wife, and I said, God spoke to me. He gave me a word, a very specific word, and it has given me hope. And that word is that one year from today, we're going to have a son. Not just a child, we're going to have a son. We had his name already picked out 10 years prior. His name is Elias. And do you know that he was born one year to the day, exactly as God had said he would? June 2nd, 1998. And it wasn't long after that I sold my business and went into the ministry, started my first church in 1999, and then we came here. Well, that was one big one. Then (laughs) we come here, and I heard another word from the Lord, this time again very specific, that we were to come here and we were to start another church here in Kaneohe. Now I have to understand, this is 16 years ago. Uh, The year was 2003, and we hadn't moved here yet. We didn't move until December of 2003. We were here visiting, and I happened to be walking on uh, Kailua Beach. It was a beautiful day, and I was just, I was listening to a really good Bible teaching, and the Lord just spoke to me so clearly that this was Him. This is the way, walk ye in it. I was to leave the church that I had planted in 1999 and come here and start another church. Now, I wish I could tell you that it was just all smooth sailing, but it wasn't. The word was basically like this. Um, There's going to be a death, and then from that, I'm going to fill your net in ways that you could have never imagined. And then in 2005, we uh, started our first official Sunday morning service. It was at the Aloha Pregnancy Care and Counseling Center. And there was like 15 people. And half of them were my wife's family. <laughs> it was a great way to start a Bible study, right? So the first two years were probably amongst the most difficult uh, years of my life. In fact, I have to say that I really thought that I had made the biggest mistake of my life. I thought I thought I heard the Lord, but maybe it was just my flesh wanting, you know, who doesn't want to be sent to Hawaii, you know, here am I, Lord, send me. <laughs> you know, it's a rough field to plow, but I, I, I am willing to go, Lord. So it was so hard, and um, 
it was just, I mean, there were so many times where I began to doubt. And then the Lord reminded me of this word that he had given me that had given me hope. Remember your word to your servant, for it has given me hope. You made it very clear that I was to come here and start this work. And I had the abundance of counseling, like the Proverbs says, with the multitude of counsel, plans succeed with too few of counselors, plans fail. So I I got a lot of counsel from a lot of, you know, godly men that I really respect. And one word in particular stuck with me because it was to this effect, and it kind of coincided with the word the Lord gave me that day on Kailua Beach. It basically went like this. You have to make sure that you're called to come to Hawaii. Because a lot of guys on the mainland come here, and they start a church here, and they have no idea how hard it is. And about two years go by, they get disenchanted, and they pack up, and they leave, and they leave a very bad taste in people's mouths. So you have to know that you're called. It was at a pastor's conference. In fact, I even heard this word confirmed again by a pastor who basically said something to this effect. You better be sure, because when, not if, the hardship comes, the difficulty comes, the adversity strikes, and it will. Anytime you start a new work, it is, you know, a lot of plowing, a lot of praying, a lot of fasting, a lot of crying out to God. It is very hard. And the enemy's right there. And if you're not sure at the beginning, then when the enemy comes and starts watering those seeds of doubt in your mind, then you've got to be able to stand in the strength of that word that the Lord gave you. No, I'm called to do this. This is what God has called me to do. There's no looking back. I'm going to keep my hands to the plow, no matter how hard it gets. So when the enemy comes and says, and he did with me, I remember very specifically, again, I don't want to get too weird here, and I hope you don't uh, understand it that way. It's not like the enemy's talking to me, (laughs) you know, but he'll put thoughts in our minds, and he would put thoughts in my mind. You didn't hear the word of the Lord. That was you. It's what you wanted. It's not what the Lord wanted. And so here we had just started the church and began to grow very little. Um, And then we were able, by the grace of God, it was really, that's a whole other interesting and amazing story, maybe for another time. But we were able to rent the SDA church in Kaneohe, where we were, where we ended up for 12 years before we uh, got this beautiful uh, church building and property. So um, here we are. It's it's February of 2005, and uh, we started our first Sunday morning service at the pregnancy center in July. We moved into the Seventh Day Adventist Church and. Um, there's maybe 35, 40 people. Reminds me of the, the verse that says, don't despise the days of small things. I mean, these were the days of small things. I was working 
uh, very hard. I had a, a business that I started. That's how I was able to purchase the home that we uh, are in today in Kailua. And this is how I was able to pay the bills and and uh, really start the church without being a burden to the church. Uh, I remember I was working seven days a week. I kind of still do, but not proud of that. And um, it was really tough plowing and, and hard. And so um, then all of a sudden we get pregnant again. Now you have to understand something, that uh, for us to get pregnant is an absolute miracle, okay? After our son Elias was born, we had another pregnancy that was an ectopic pregnancy. You know what an ectopic pregnancy is? That's when the egg is fertilized and it gets stuck in the fallopian tube. And it, my, my wife almost died. We had to rush her to the hospital. We lost uh, a fallopian tube in that uh, pregnancy after Elias was born. So now we've got only, we're down to one fallopian tube. God doesn't need to. <laughs> and so my next second born son, Levi, who's 18 years old, is arguably more of a miracle than my firstborn son. So this is now our uh, next child. Now we're pregnant with. And I prayed and I said, Lord, um, you know, when, you, when you've got two boys, you kind of want a girl now. So I was like, okay, Lord, um, how about a girl this time? And sure enough, we found out it's going to be a girl. But in the eighth month of pregnancy, we found out that she had what is called trisomy 18. And the medical community calls it incompatible with life. And they told us, and it was on our wedding anniversary, and this is in uh, 2005, and they told us that the chances of her being born alive were 50%. And even if she survived the birth, her uh, chances of living to one year of age would be 10%. So in other words, it's just a matter of time uh, before she's going to die. And so our birth plan was actually a, a, a death plan, a funeral plan, because we had to make those arrangements as well, because we didn't know. Well, she was born on December 28th of 2005, and uh, she survived the birth. We resuscitated her. We took her home. Uh, we had to care for her around the clock, 24 hours a day. My wife and I slept in shifts, and after four months and six days on May the 4th, she ended up uh, taking her last breath. She died in our arms at Kapiolani Hospital, and it was the most painful experience that uh, we had ever been through in our lives. And we were grieving, and it was so hard. And that's when the enemy was right there too, going, See, you didn't hear the word from the Lord. That was you. And, and the church is still maybe 35, 40, 50 people on a good day. And I, re I remember when I, in the SDA church, I would preach and my voice would echo off those wooden pews. 
So it'd be kind of like, let's pray, pray, pray. There's <laughs> nobody in there. So after that, 45 days after that, uh, the Lord gave me another word. My wife comes to me and says, I want to get pregnant again. I'm like, okay, honey, now, now I'm being Sarah. I'm the one that's laughing, right? She says, no, I, I really believe that God's going to give us another girl, not to replace Noel, but to heal our broken hearts over Noel. And so 45 days after, we conceived the first time, and now the Lord is right there, gives me a word, and says to me, I'm going to give you a girl, and she's going to be beautiful, and she's going to be healthy, and she's going to be smart. Now unbeknownst to me at the time, my wife is praying, Lord, I want her to be healthy. Of course, that was the first thing. And then I want her to be smart, and I want her to be beautiful, and I want her to sing with the voice of an angel. I didn't, I didn't know about that part. So we go into the doctor, and I have to understand that the odds don't go down once you've had a trisomy 18. In fact, they can actually be higher by virtue of the fact that you had one trisomy 18 baby. So we go into the doctor, they're doing the ultrasound. The doctor says, do you want to know if it's a boy or a girl? I said, no, 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 it's a girl. We already know it's a girl, because God told us it was a girl. Now, we knew it was going to be a girl, but we did want to see, because again, we were high risk, and with trisomy 18, the hands are clenched. They can never open. And the, the feet are deformed. They, they're kind of like a, 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 you know, a rocker. Uh, bottom. That's what they, they call, you know, it, very deformed. You can also see abnormalities in the brain and the heart throughout. It's a, a third copy of the 18 chromosome throughout the entire body of the baby. So we wanted to see if she was healthy. So we go in on this particular day. My wife and I were just, you know, we're praying, oh, please, God, just, you know, confirm. And so on this particular ultrasound, in fact, even the, the doctors were kind of amazed. Um, not only did we confirm that it was a girl, but she not only had her hand open, she was like waving her hand in the ultrasound. See you soon. And we're like bawling, you know, crying and weeping. And oh, thank you, Lord. And the rest is history. Remember your word to your servant, for it has given me hope. I would venture to say that the Lord has spoken a word to you, has given you a word. Never give up. Never lose hope. He's given you His word, and He will keep His word. Have hope. Thanks for taking the time to listen today to In Spirit and Truth. Pastor J.D. has been taking us through the book of Psalms, detailing the author's messages of hope and pain, joy and sorrow. You may have found today that you identified with the sentiments expressed in today's passage. And if that's the case, we encourage you to explore more. Dive into the Word yourself and ask God to reveal additional love and personal truth that He knows you need to hear today. If you'd like to hear more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings in Psalms 2, you can find them online at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. 
Are you a part of a community of believers? If you haven't yet found a church that you can call home, we'd like to urge you to remedy that soon. A church family can be a source of support, a cheering squad, and most importantly, a group of faithful prayer warriors. This is also a place you can give of your unique talents in support of others as well. If you're in the Kaneohe area, you have a standing invitation to be part of our family of believers. Come join Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find out more at our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. There's a lot to discover at our website, including a link to our mobile app, social media pages, and Pastor J.D.'s Mideast Prophecy Updates. That website, one more time, is inspiritandtruthradio.com. That's all we have for today. Join us next time to continue learning from the book of Psalms, right here on In Spirit and Truth. <music> 